And welcome back to another brand new episode of Wrestling with Romance. I'm your co-host, Life Adeem. Today, we have a really good episode for you guys. I think an episode that you guys will really enjoy. Uh, first thing we're going to do, of course, you know, we're going to get into a little bit of a storytelling moment. Uh, something that has a lesson to it about sometimes you just got to take your shot. From there, we actually evaluate, do we sometimes underappreciate how hard of a job in a creative endeavor it is to try to produce a wrestling show every week of the year, doing touring, different business logistics, just things we wouldn't even naturally think of. We actually just have an open discussion about it. And that discussion actually leads to us, I guess you could almost say spinning into the wind, but we end up creating our own promotions. Now we name these promotions, we draft superstars for these promotions, eight men, eight women, um, a tag team makes for one entry. And we even name who's like our top stars on each side. And then what we're going to do is for the next two weeks, we're going to do, we're going to give a little bit more information in regards to each promotion. And on the last week, we're going to book out six weeks leading to our first pay-per-view. Everything from champions, feuds, everything you could think of. So make sure you check that out. Keep up to date with the podcast on Spotify or YouTube. Just type in Wrestling With Romance. Follow us on Instagram, Wrestling With Romance. Follow us on Twitter, Romance Pod with the W. And yeah, let's jump straight into it. I got home to New York City where I was living at the time. I was in college. Mm-hmm. And I just kept waiting for this ringing in my ear to stop right so i had i had been wakeboarding um and i went up to do a backflip and i kind of landed like ear first what's wakeboarding (laughs) (laughs) i had to ask i'm sorry i've um (laughs) let let whitey explain Wakeboarding is um, you're pulled behind a boat and you you're on a board strapped into a board. It's like snowboarding on a except you're getting pulled by a boat. Um, let's say 15 feet behind it. Okay, my girlfriend's dad did that in Nicaragua this past summer. Oh, that's beautiful. Yeah, yeah. And your board's pointed like straight at the boat, so. It's like vertical towards the boat mm-hmm. once you're up and going, just so we can get the full visual here. Gotcha. I, I had gone out um, and, yeah, tried this backflip, landed pretty much right on my ear. So, and, and I could tell right away something was wrong when I got out. I mean, I did a couple more runs after that. You can't really like tell my dad these things. So my dad used to throw diapers at us in the water if we complained. Like it uh it would be like the diaper of a day sort of award thing where it's like if we went up or we were act or we were whining or being babies or whatever he would throw the diaper at us. He kept a uh, supply of them in like the boat's glove box. These weren't full diapers. These are just empty diapers that he's just... No, no, yeah. These are empty. Okay. You were like going down 
to like the to the hospital okay. being like, hey, I need like a hundred diapers full, okay. preferably stocked. Right. I was just about to be like, so your dad just kept stock diapers on the boat to just screw yeah. it. That's wild. That's wild. He bought diapers separately. <laughs> he bought diapers at the grocery store and then brought them into the boat right. so that he could mock his kids with them in front of people. That's, that's it's funny cool. because like so I, I dropped a pretty big cliff this week. Um mm-hmm. and my dad started going on about like how I'm gonna get like knee surgeries or gonna need knee surgeries. And he's at he's had six just to keep in mind. And my mom was like really haranguing me about it that I was gonna hurt myself and I was just like, where do you think I get this from? Like, this is your fuck up. Like, I didn't develop this from nowhere. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But anyways, I missed the landing. Ears kind of a mess. And for some reason, I thought, like, a Q-tip would help. Like, I thought that would, like, help get the water out. It only... It, it made it significantly worse. Because um, you know Q-tips aren't supposed to go in the air. Where are they supposed to go? It says on the packaging, do not put in air. Where are they supposed to go? They're supposed to be like anywhere else. Like maybe like you could use Q-tips for anything else, but you're not supposed to put them in your eardrums. Like that's medically advised to never put them in your ear. How did we get this myth that they're supposed to be for your ears? I have no fucking clue, but I've seen doctors who say they will actually push wax down and impact your eardrums the more yeah. you use Q-tips. So that's exactly what happened. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Literally the exact thing that happened. It went from sort of like a dull sort of ringing where like and I can't hear that well where it just feels like I have like a lot of water in my ear right to almost no hearing at all in my left ear and just a constant like ringing and buzz Jesus Christ Jack <laughs> so I go back to New York City and I just live with it for two days because I keep expecting it to get better and I'm supposed to go at the time, I was learning to play poker with a dude from a dude named Wu Tang in Union Square, and we were going to Atlantic. We used to do field trips to Atlantic City to play at the tables, um, so we can kind of get away from like the more aggressive, sketchier games in New York City. All right, but now I can't go. I'm like, I can't travel with this. Like, I, something's got to give here. And so I ended up, I, I text him, or actually, no, I met up with him and I told him, hey, I can't make it. And I canceled. Mm-hmm. And then I went down to one of those uh, city MDs. Yeah. Which are here. such a fucking like, godsend. They're amazing. You can just walk in and get like anything fixed. Very clutch. Yeah. Super duper clutch. When they let me in, I sit down. In the hospital room, I get through really quickly, and in comes like the nurse, mm-hmm. a very beautiful redhead with a full body. And we start hitting it off, and I can't hear her. For- <laughs> <laughs> That's a- <laughs> this 
this this story has taken so many turns from the impacted air to, to learning how to play cards with someone named Shaolin in the fucking park at 14th Street to going to City MB meeting a girl that you know you can't hit. But we're getting along. Like we have a we have a rapport, her and I. You know, she asks me what happened, I tell her, and then like we're flirting back and forth. Mm-hmm. And eventually, the doctor walks in, right, and goes like, "What happened?" And I explain, and she looks into my ear, and she goes, "Okay, so you have a clump of wax, like directly on your drum, yeah, and we're gonna try to get it out, but there's also a possibility that this is your life now, that you will have, you will be partially deaf in this ear." And have ringing for the rest of your life. And she said it so plainly. <laughs> it fucked that she did it. There, yeah. There's been like a few moments in my life where I've been like, all right, this is you, where it's like you did this to yourself, Jack. These are the consequences you have to face. Right. And so I was very calm about it because uh, because that like ran through my head quickly. And I'm like, there's nothing to freak out about or get upset about. It's not like it was an accident. Like, Jack, you fucked up. First, you were too adventurous, and then you were stupid. And I That's go, just like so, how it goes. You yeah. Know, very so I tell her, yeah, I just tell her, okay, run it. Do it. Let's, let's get this over with. Fuck it. <laughs> we ball. And this doctor pulls out a clump of wax the size of a quarter that was just sitting like directly inside of my inner part of my ear. Um, <laughs> like one straight satisfying. <sighs> and the ringing immediately goes away. And it was better than any orgasm I've ever had. <laughs> Ain't nothing like getting that ear, getting that hair in back. It's just like, yeah. It was, it was mostly the ringing that had fucked me up. That's what I mean. Like you just go from, oh. yeah. It's just like, oh, I can hear the world again. <laughs> and she goes, great. The doctor was like, so no nonsense. She's like, cool. You feel better now? I'm like, yeah. She goes, can you hear? I'm like, yeah. She goes, great. And then just leaves and leaves me with the nurse. And she and I sat there for like an extra five minutes, not even about this, that, or not even about my medical procedure and possible deafness I had just avoided. Just talking about life. And it was, I guess it was a pretty uh, slow day at the city MD that day. She ain't rushing out of there. And. Were... This is pre-pandemic city MD, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was... Pre-pandemic city MD. Some days are super light. This is my senior year. MD, fucking forget about it. <laughs> I can only remember my college graduation because it was 2019. It was the year before COVID. Hmm. I was the makes sense. So I'm in there, ready to throw my life away for this girl, <laughs> and I just choke 
or I don't even know if I choke or if I just am like, I can't like, she just saw me take, like, she just saw my insides come out. Like she, she just saw like the most <laughs> disgusting part of my human body become externalized. Right. And in my head, I'm having like this devil angel moment of like, Angel is like, she's a very nice girl. Leave her be. And she doesn't want, like, who would want to be with you after? Not even in a negative way. Like, she just saw you be gross. Like, let it go. Mm-hmm. And then on the devil side, um, it's like, nah, bro, you're still Jack Simon. You're the man. Like, ask her for a number. <laughs> ask her for her number. Do it. Do it, bro. You got this. She's so into you. And I let the angel win, for better or for worse. And finally, she gives me my finally, like, outboarding or whatever it's called. And I go, okay, thank you. And she looks at me. And you know that extra long look you Mm -hmm. get when you know you've blown it with a girl and she wants you to ask? Yeah. You feel that shit in your soul. Uh, it's one of those things that stick with you. Yeah. Uh, you think about those girls for the rest of your life. And I just walked out. And I didn't ask for anything. And and that was it. And I, yeah, I think about her all the fucking time. It's, it's the ones who get away. Right. You know what? I'm not going to knock you, but I fully understand. I, I truly do. <laughs> it's like yeah, it's some is those people where it's just like, damn, I wonder. Yeah, like we could have gotten married. See, I ain't gonna go that far, Jack. God damn, bro! Like oh. we had step one. We could could you could have just said, you know, could it be a, a significant relationship? You went straight to marriage. Yeah, you, guys- you don't really. I feel like you don't go from like. <laughs> Zero to like twenty to thirty. No, you go zero to ninety. Like you go. Yeah, I mean like you're yeah, a Lamborghini. I'm a very black and white person, and I'm mm. a very extreme person as well. Like not like the wakeboarding and skiing. That's a separate thing. And I'm like I'm a very extreme person in terms of like I don't. I bring things to their logical end. Like either we're gonna get married or we're gonna break up in a ball of flames. I mean, I think it's part of why like I've struggled with relationships. Is that mm-hmm. I don't understand like a situationship. I mean, I guess nobody understands the situation. No one does. It's a complicated fucking thing. Yeah, but like I don't understand. Like, why wouldn't we at least try? Why wouldn't we at least see it through to its logical conclusion? Well, so here's the thing. I'm not a very black and white person. So you might have been asking the proper person in regards to this. I'm someone who sees everything in kind of like shades of gray. I believe I believe everything has like a different term or shade of gray. I believe there can be things that are absolutely white and some things that can be absolutely black. Like Don't you and I? Wrong. Huh? Yes. Like you. <laughs> like, there ain't no mixing here, baby. <laughs> but I think relationships are very gray in building relationships because we don't know the people. We don't know what people have gone through, what they've seen, 
And so many people's ideas of relationships aren't just built on them, but the things they've also taken in from around in their environment. Mm. So it's hard to kind of say, like, most people's, like, first ever relationships that they get to see is their parents. And if it's not their parents, it's family. Because that's where you first really get to see it. You know, it's in the house. It's around when you're in special gatherings. So it's like, it, it has so many different layers to it of how people interpret relationships and how they see it. And then going through your own experience. Like, we go through different experiences in middle school, high school, college. You know, all that good shit. So... It becomes this weird, it sometimes becomes this weird concoction, right? It could be my expectations, societal expectations, uh, what I've seen that's the standard. You know, it's a lot. So some people kind of like, especially if you say you've seen good ones and then they burn out bad. Some people are just like, shit, is that going to be me? It's, you know, because it's actually something my sister and I have talked about. And this is, it's not a complaint. Let right. me just get ahead of this. Um, but my parents have an amazing relationship. Right. Um, it wasn't always that way, but, you know, because marriages are long, you know, he's going to have rough patches and shit. Yeah. Um, yeah. And especially, like, back in my dad's partying days when he was getting home at, like, 7 a.m. from the club to pick us. He used to show up at school. He used to show up at home straight from the club in his yellow Hummer to, like, pick us up to drive us to school. Pop said... <laughs> no, I mean, he wasn't there. Like, he was there for work. Like, he right. was in the fashion industry. Um, but still, just funny memories. But anyways, it's... They're so, like, happy and in love. It's... Like, I think, like, you know, there's a part of me that wants to, like, duplicate that. It only sees that final product rather right. than like all the pain and failures that led up to it. Yeah. And unfortunately you gotta go through that. You gotta you gotta, you gotta go through it. Uh obviously you gotta go through the tough mother sometimes with relationships. <laughs> you, you gotta go through that tough mother. You, you gotta know? get go through hell to get to heaven. Man in the words yep. of the Undertaker to uh <laughs> Shawn Michaels. Was it Shawn Michaels? It was Shawn Michaels. Yeah. Because Shawn Michaels was uh, being like JBL's butler or whatever the fuck at the right, time. Right, right. I forgot about that fucking story. Yeah. Um, but yeah, sometimes you do, bro, and you got to go through like plenty of relationships. Honestly, I'm a person who I've always envisioned myself, wife, kid, having a family, because that's what I always wanted. You know, as a kid, also, I grew up with a single mom. I didn't really have like mom and dad at home. So, I always kind of wanted that relationship and to have and to be a good father because I didn't really have my dad around like that. But also, to get to that point, shit, it takes a lot. Like, I'm about to hit, I don't even want to say my age, but I'm about to hit a number in two years where I was just like, I'm almost 10 years older than my mom when she had me. My mom was, when she married my dad, she was 21. She had my sister at 25, I think. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm 26 now. I'm going to be 27 in two weeks. And my thought is, if I save up all winter, I can afford a used motorcycle. So, 
Maybe it's a different in generation. It's a difference in generations. Different in generations. Di- first of all, maybe it's the fact that um, it's been the largest gap between real estate prices and median salary in the history of America. Jack. Maybe it's just a difference in people. But that's I, that's where I'm at. Every day, I get closer to that answering the devil on my shoulder to handle my bills in life. You see that text that we just got in our group chat about do you guys ever aim for wealth? And I told Dave every day. I aim for it every day. I'm like, there's a little there's a little devil on my shoulder that just sounds like fucking Cuban Scarface. It's just like, come on, Chico. And I'm just like, I gotta do it the artist way. I have to do it the artist But it's also like it's a different world, man. Like we're in a, the economy's fucked up. If you if you got a job, God bless you. And also, if you if you got a job, you're probably getting underpaid like a motherfucker. And your rent's probably three times how much you make a year. So, on top of that, putting a brand new subscription that never ends and actually goes up per year for the rest of your life in a child <laughs> in a marriage is actually something financially you might want to look at because. You can't cancel the child subscription. There's no customer service. There's no one to complain to. <laughs> and unexpected charges may occur. So look at it that way. Do you think I should have asked the nurse out? Wouldn't have hurt. But also, you know now to take those shots. Right. And that's the most important part. Hit us with the intro. And. With that being said, welcome to a brand new episode of Wrestling with Romance. I'm one of your co-hosts, Life of Demon. I'm here with the amazing in love stricken co-host. <laughs> Jack Simon. <laughs> Everybody once again doing it from the bed because I'm very sore and tired. Skiing a lot of full days as my season gets going here. Man, tell me about I just came from the gym. That's why I'm in a hoodie right now for the people watching the visual podcast on YouTube. I just came from the gym. I'm tired. Not really tired, but I push till failure with most of my workouts. So it's usually until my body can't do the movement. So it's like my body's just kind of tapped out. But it's also like by the time it's noon here, I'll be on a high again. <sighs> But how's your week been, Jack? How you feeling today? I'm good. I'm chilling. It was a it was a hard week, work wise. But I mean, it was a, it's, it's been quiet on the wrestling front. Since I mean, hell had froze over a couple of weeks ago. You know, not every week because like that was like the last thing in wrestling. Because this There's is not the dead zone. This is the dead zone. In wrestling, if there's a dead time, it's usually that December into January. Like after Survivor Series is usually dead up until you get Wrestle Kingdom Rumble, all that good yeah. stuff. Well, like even I think even beyond that, it's there was one thing left where people mm-hmm. were like, it would never happen. It would never happen. And when wrestling's fans say it would never happen, mm-hmm. of course, what we're saying is we would do anything to see it happen. More than likely. And Punk was the last one of that. I don't know if we'll ever get that again. With just with the advent of social media. I think there's 
one left, but that would be mind fucking numbing. I don't. What do you? Th- what is it? Again, super out there. Okay. You, like have to reach for the fucking stars. Like okay. this would be a sign that maybe the end of times is close. But if you had someone who's a full blown WWE person like a Roman leave. That would be like no, that that can't happen, right? Like that's not. Yeah, I guess you're right. Or maybe but, like The Rock wrestling Roman at WrestleMania. That ain't happening. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that ain't happening. listen. If it was happening, it'd be right now, and you're not gonna put Rock, Punk, and Cody as like, oh, are these gonna be? Because we already know who's gonna get it. It would happen at Rumble. If it happens at Rumble, you need Rock. I don't think it's going to happen. I think the possibility for it happening has come and gone. Yeah, yeah. I think it's, especially because Hollywood opened back up, I I think it's completely gone. Yeah. But, yeah, like Roman was to leave WWE, that would be, well. And go to, like, AEW? Like a New Japan AEW, that would be shocking. Yeah. Or, wait, would Okada go into WWE be another... No, because that's something we could like feasibly see happen. But it's, it's it would be like cool and surprising. Yeah, but it's not on the level of like CM Punk going back to WWE, or I'm trying to think of a of a historical one. Kofi Kingston winning the chip. Yeah, I definitely think the the like a Roman. Maybe even a Seth going to AEW, like a Roman Seth going to AEW would be like, that's kind of shocking. But the thing is, like, no, I mean, listen, we're always going to have shocking things. It's more of the predetermined, this could never happen, but what if it does? Mm -hmm. Because that's what makes pro wrestling beautiful. Uh, Of course. always, Always those things. This could never happen, but what if? Or... But there's like that two or three percent chance that it does. But it has to be this like this preconceived idea, like because Seth or Roman leaving would be like just a total shocker. It's not even something somebody's considered. It's yeah. like a different category, I guess. Yeah, um, it's but wrestling also has those moments that sometimes catch you that you don't expect. Yeah. Well, so. I mean, that's what. So I was thinking, what's on my heart this week? Mm-hmm. Booking pro wrestling has to be one of, if not the most difficult artistic endeavor somebody can undergo. It's 52 weeks a year. Forever. Forever. First of all, 52 weeks a year, depending on how you run your show. Because if you think about an impact, right? 52, you might do it like once like a week, but you're doing three, two, three episodes of recording. So you really are doubling up. Or if you have a, a AW, you're doing a dynamite rampage collision. So that's three shows. And Ring of Honor. And Ring of Honor. So that's four shows. Of well, I mean, he did that to himself. But let's just right. say, let's like the imagine. WWE, either or. For for argument's sake, we'll just kind of mm-hmm. average it all out and invent an imaginary promotion that has two shows a week, two hours each, um, four hours of television total, 52 weeks a year, forever. You have to be constantly thinking of new creative ideas. Yeah. 
were one of the most unforgiving and demanding fan bases in all of entertainment and sports. We're such dicks. And I say we because I include myself. Oh, yeah, me too. Yeah. <laughs> like, we're all here. Like, And I think it's even like, you know, it's like what the 24-hour news cycle has created for the world is like what wrestling is constantly is like this constant you like craving for more. Yeah. We are never satisfied. And we're also being teased for the next thing that happens. Funny enough, like when you think about the t- I think 24-hour news cycles have destroyed all sports. All I think 24-hour news cycle has destroyed the world, but that's yes. a discussion for a much different podcast. Way more, but we're just gonna focus on wrestling. Because but when you think about NBA, football, MLB, even when there's an off-season, there's not really off-season because you hear some shit every fucking day. And you obsess with it every fucking day. The issue with, and with, the, with wrestling, there's no fucking off-season. So the shit never stops. I never... Like, under, I think that the best thing somebody could do in wrestling is just to be like, you know what? We're going to take, like, summers off. And just do it. Like... Would you think summers off or winters year? off? Summers, I would say, because like you can let people go outside and like enjoy the flowers and like go see superhero movies or do whatever the fuck. Um, and like during the winter, you can, you know, that's a time where you're inside more, right. and you do it forty weeks of the year instead of fifty-two, and it gives everybody a break and time to rest their brains, and then you get time to think afterwards or you get you know i'll always believe the best time you get creative ideas is when you're just you know doing dickle is when you're just staring into space or you're waiting in line like i it's part of the reason why i quit smoking weed is because my idle thoughts were preoccupied with thinking about the next time i was going to get stoned when i knew that my that was the time where I had my best creative ideas when I was waiting in line or building a jump or I was just like sitting outside watching the shadows grow longer. Yeah. And you can, if you can give yourself idle time, you're mm-hmm. going to have better creative ideas. And also it's like the old wrestling adage of like, how can I miss you if you don't go away? We would all be happier and more excited for the product if we spend three months without it. And See, maybe we wouldn't be so insatiable. No. No. You don't think I, don't, so? I think here's the issue. And here's what I see. So I've, you know, I've told you, I've pulled back from like my own personal Twitter account because I'm just yeah. like, this is too much. Because first of all, I miss old Twitter. I miss just who I follow Twitter. I do not give a fuck about for you. <laughs> Twitter. I mean, you could just use the following. I know, but it just always opens the for you, and then it's just a fucking a hole that I end up falling into each and every fucking time. Um, but the main thing I realized is sometimes, especially because Twitter incentivizes engagement, especially if you have a certain check. So people are just going to drive engagement to try and get some financial compensation. You know, if you get that approved, so you have to worry about those. Yeah, people. content farming. So, <clears throat> content farming. Then I've always looked at it as some people's voices in their day-to-day life is so minimized and just not heard that they will just do shit online to get anywhere to make their voices feel like it matters. 
even if they're not content farming, because they're just that fucking miserable. There are just some people who are so fucking miserable, <laughs> where it's just like, you just want to be sad. Like, there's one person. I don't even think I ever told the story on here, but it happened like a month ago. Like, their whole thing was just miserable. Like, the most miserable fucking page. Uh, I just remember seeing some shit about, that's some racist shit about Sheeta. It was focused on Japan. So it was like Sheeta racist. Then it was like, wasn't even AEW or WWE. Ooh, there's like nothing, Sheeta. there's no pro wrestling racism, toxicity, like racism, toxicity against women Japanese wrestlers. I, but it was like Sheeta, it had EO, Kyrie. It was just talking about all of them. And I just muted them. I don't even know how, but they followed me after. And I'm like, for what? For like, what? For what do you think I'm going to do? Sit here and argue with you? I'm just muting you so I don't have to see this shit. I have a life I would like to live. Thank you. And it's just like, there are people who are just miserable. Because here's the thing. There are people who are miserable that are like NBA fans that will argue about shit when there's no offseason. When there's an offseason. There are there are football fans that will be miserable to argue about shit during the offseason. The thing is, we still have to live amongst those miserable people on social media. So they're never going to fade away. I think what would make it is just it just becomes more ravenous. Like, like they're just tweets sitting in a draft waiting for the new season to come to just fly the fuck out. Bye bye. Like it's just, I think the off season works great for the talent, creativity. Yeah, you know all that stuff. I think that's amazing. I think wrestling does work better in like an eight month window. Yeah, it would be a win 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 for everybody. But they would never do it because part of the appeal for pro wrestling to television networks is that they have a guaranteed ratings draw 52 weeks of the year. And fit in a live show as well. Because yeah. it's like, I don't have to pay you for reruns. I don't have to pay you for, you know, none of that stuff. It's just like something live every year with new promotion, da 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 da. It, it works for networks. I would love it. If they did do an off-season, I would be the opposite of you. I would do it in the winter. I would do it from December till March. Mm -mm. Depends on the company. Depends. Why on winter? Company. Explain yourself. So, to me, not WWE. If I was WWE, I'd do summer. Because I don't really think they give a fuck. That much around SummerSlam. I, I, yay, one but of just, my just say for like an imaginary promotion. Oh, imaginary promotion. Like you were running. So, here's the thing. In your on your East Coast, most of those winter cities, especially if it get like, you know, Midwest, East Coast, they get hit hard. So it's kind of like travel advisories. And I'm like, if I'm paying my people, if I'm paying my staff well, you could go enjoy somewhere on the beach while instead of being outside in the cold. Go go go! Take yourself to a beach while you're outside in the cold. Go go somewhere tropical. Go chill because summertime you got kids off. You got and kids going one sometimes bring the family. Be like, Dad, can we go to this? You know what I mean? Like you have kids that don't have to worry about bedtimes. They don't have to worry about all this. We get to travel, do more. I just feel like I feel like it'd probably be 
easier in the summertime because, you know, most people take their vacations sometimes in the summer, all that type of shit. So I feel like summertime is easier to, like, really do the touring. Um, I feel like wintertime is a little harder because also I think about myself, even if I, like, perfect example, I still want, I want to go to World's End. I don't know if it's going to go to World's End, but I'm like, it's cold and going that far into Long Island and the fucking L-I-R-R don't go right there. <laughs> it's like, God damn it. I can't believe it just reminded me that Nassau Coliseum hasn't been demolished yet. And I was like, what? I, I, it was such a fucking... So for those of you who don't know, Nassau Coliseum is in Nassau County, Long Island. It's yeah. like 45 minutes from where I grew up. And for clarity, my dad used to watch the Dr. J Nets in that same arena. Yep. And it hasn't been renovated since then. I thought I, I heard that it has. Well, they got rid of the they they had to the Islanders moved. Right. Because they go to they do UBS. Yeah. Right. And I think they like gave it like a facelift because they didn't have to worry about like having a rink in there anymore. Right, I've heard that. But it's to the point where it's like this thing is so fucking old and decrepit. <laughs> it would have to be like a full scale, like year long renovation. Like maybe they gave it a facelift. This is just for context. Like you couldn't, if I lived in Long Island, it would be a tough sell to get me to go to Nassau Coliseum. I will give them I'm this. Like I'm afraid I will get struck by a falling pipe. I ain't like I give them this. They sold a good amount of tickets so far, so I'm like, hey, what's their heart? Um, I. I've never been to Nassau Coliseum. I've been to UBS Arena, but I see I I found out why they can't probably use UBS Arena. Um uh, there's an early hockey game the next day. Ah. Uh, so Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's like early afternoon hockey game. So it's just like, no. <laughs> it's cause they've always used UBS. So um I've went to them at UBS. So it's like yeah, but it's like when I think about wintertime, also that's another thing. In the summertime, you don't have as much sports to compete with. You don't have NBA, you don't have that, hockey. That's true, actually. Yeah, you know, so in in this winter, you have hockey, NBA, you have fucking college sports. In the summertime, it is free range, baby. Let's, 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 let's go. We can get right back to it right after the Super Bowl. In the summertime, the weather yeah. is fine. But, anyway. So beyond it being 52 weeks a year, mm-hmm. you have the constant injuries jeopardizing plans. You could have the best set plans and just somebody getting hurt blows it up. One person, and it's yeah. so easy in wrestling, somebody getting hurt and just that one injury. And you have to come up with something completely new on the fly. Fact. Because wrestling is... Not even that week. It's probably four days away. Your yeah. next show. Not and, even, and it depends. Yeah, that's true. Because <clears throat> look at Charlotte Flair. What just happened to her? She might have. Her, her WrestleMania plans might have just went up in smoke. Right. You have infinite travel mm-hmm. to worry about. And all of the logistical headaches that go along with that. Yeah. You yeah. have these massive stage and production 
In addition to the television production, and they got to too. Put up, yep, you have to put up and tear down twice a week. Like I don't like you look. I look at the stage sometimes, and it's probably because of my film background, and like, and, and I don't even think about the television production because that is, I mean, comparatively pretty easy to like set up and take back down especially if they have like a truck and a trailer which they do yeah um but just taking down that stage every week must be such a fucking headache and you gotta you know every screw has a place like i guess i think of just like you know building the camera yeah. And stressing about like, wait, what if I lost this piece or that piece? Right. That taking this thing up and down makes me want to cry. Like the idea of it. <laughs> you know, as you said it, I never really thought about like, yeah, what if like a piece fucking breaks while you while they're disassembling the state? Like it never crossed my mind until you said it. And I'm just like, as someone who would be the owner, that would stress me the fuck out. All right. Like what if um I'm sure they have backups, but what if they don't? Or what if the backup gets lost? Because there's so much there, like, you can very easily lose or break, like, the same piece. It's a very unenviable, thankless job. And then you have the absolute weirdest collection of people as your employees. Like, (laughs) professors are freaks. Like... There are super hot people who decided to use this beauty to just like to to for when they start their career wrestle for almost no money. Yeah. And and destroy their bodies for almost nothing. And then they became successful at it, which only makes people weirder a lot of the times. Yeah. And they only hang out with each other, which makes them fucking weirder again. You know what that brings me to? That brings me to two things, right? Like, I couldn't, like, I would love to be a fly on the wall during the conversations, like, especially after watching Collision, of, like, conversations with Tony Khan and Brian Danielson. Because I don't know how I would mentally be able to be looking at him and be like, why are we, why are we making our fans believe that you've had your eye ripped the fuck out after you just had an orbital bone surgery? Like, why are we, why are we doing this? Why are we like, gotta do something? But like Danielson will fake a seizure, he'll do all this shit in the middle of the ring. I'm like, you know, you stress, you know, the stress and criticism I gotta deal with. That you're or, so desperate for an idea, any idea that the bad ones are like, yeah, there, there's something we can do. Let's do well, it. It's to the point, like it's happened, and then they had to make a none of that. Like, please cut that out, or. You watch, you sit there and you watch a Swerve Hangman death match, and then you see one of your wrestlers drink the other's blood, and then fucking awesome. Triple H missed it into the air, and it's just like these motherfuckers are nuts. <laughs> like you have to look at you have to look at your coworkers and just be like, like your employees, and be like, you motherfuckers are so weird. <laughs> like, like there are people where I think about like. I couldn't imagine having like who's the weirdest motherfucker I can think of wrestling wise. I mean, that we got 
any Danielson, you got Moxley, you got Darby. Um, yeah, Darby running. Like I remember after Russell Dream, after the spot on the steel steps, and then he was sitting at the press conference and still talking about climbing Mount Everest. And I just remember the look on Tony Khan's face of just like, like just looking at him like, please relax. <laughs> he's like, yeah, my shoulder might be separate. He's like, please go to the, ho- we're sending you to the hospital. Please text me about what the hell. And I'm just like, I, that the stress or shit. When I look at like a WWE, I could not imagine dealing with, some of the people, like even that they brought back, like I don't want to deal with the Nia Jax. I, I really don't. I, I just, you seem like a headache. Oh, and so I, I like thought about what like compares um, to like wh- what else could be the most difficult artistic endeavor. It'd be a feature film, directing a feature film, I which that that. I have bias on, um, but it's also like. There's so many, like pro wrestling, the comparison is there's so many loose threads that you have to like tie up. And every scene has so many variables that have to be handled. And it's just a stressful, endless endeavor in which you're just burning money constantly. Um, The second was like a large, like panoramic painting, which I guess you can speak more to. Listen, like, yeah. Let me tell you, my first mural that I've ever done. So I've been working, I work with a nonprofit organization. I'm a fr- freelance, you know, artist, you know, contra- independent contractor worker. My first mural that I got was a thousand square feet. Now, mind you, the biggest painting I've done is 36 by 48 up until this point. So three feet by four feet compared to 10 feet high, 100 feet across is completely night and fucking day. Mm-hmm. Add on top of that, I'm teaching kids their ideas leads this mural. They're middle schoolers, so they're dicks. And on top of that, they don't, they're like, in these kids who are just like, well, I can't draw them. It don't look good. So it's like you're trying to convince them and get their brains just focused on creating. Then I have to get them to paint. Actually, you know, decently. A couple of them just want to do it real fast, so there's paint splattering everywhere. I have to make sure the tarp is on the grass. Also, there is no shade in this area. (laughs) So while it's okay when it's 50 degrees, when the heat wave hits and there's no shade for six, seven hours while you're outside painting, a hundred feet. You you end up like what I did when I caught um sun poisoning. <laughs> sun poisoning? Yeah, I got sun poisoning while out there. Oh, we're we're gonna talk about that another time. <laughs> but it's hard because it's like you you end up sitting on a ladder like two hours painting like the top of a wall and then it's just like you're sweating you're dying out there there's you ain't getting enough you you got like a deadline it's it's a pretty hard and artistic endeavor especially depending on like a big panoramic one jesus christ that check better be worth it (laughs) dc cut the check 
And then the one that I thought was the closest comparison was being a late night host or like a tonight show host. Mm. Because you have you gotta be funny every night and nobody's funny every night. You yeah. Innovative and you have fierce competition. What There's- about like not to cut you off, a touring no. comedian, like how Kevin Hart does a tour, or like a they're like how they have to cause you have to then I would say no. No. Uh, like and I'm not saying anything else is like easy, but I'm saying right. like these to me are the hardest because you can tell the same jokes. True, true. Everywhere you go. Yeah, late night host. Yeah. I have to tell new jokes every single night. And you, Five nights out the week? Yeah. Oof. You can't yeah, be bad. And you get what? Like, there's like three or four of them on television every single night. Yeah. And it's all like the best in the business. Yeah. It's all people who were chosen because they were the best at what they do. And you're fighting over dwindling ratings. Yeah. And we and, and I guess you know it's also the idea of like not a lot of people really think of it as that difficult, but boy, it must be fucking impossible. I would find it very stressful because yeah. you don't really have a day to be off. Like even with like say like the panoramic mural, like especially depending on the timeline. Like say your timeline is like two weeks, and it's like two hundred square feet. You don't have time to. Dilly dally, dally or nothing. You have no time to like BS, you know, blow. Like you have to be on it. And it's just like, I could see like late night host being probably one of the most stressful jobs because it's just like, I have to make sure this is funny. This is engaging. This has to bring the audience, keep everybody coming back. Transitions are smooth. I don't fumble over my words. That's a lot. That is a lot. That's hard. That is a difficult just to get that actually. But I would still put booking a pro wrestling show at the top. Yeah. Um, even also, like, I remember, what was it, after All Out, um, some of the people who was coming from Florida couldn't, some of the wrestlers who was coming from Florida couldn't fly because it was a hurricane. Right. So then your whole, and some of them were booked for that show, so now your show like and they couldn't fly out the because they didn't know until morning of if they can make it. Yeah. So now you just have like acts of God, right? So you dealing with acts of God. Add acts of injuries. God to the list. You're dealing with acts of God, injuries. You got to deal with personalities. Tor- yeah, that's a lot. That's that's a lot. Yeah, man, Jesus. Mm-hmm. Then I guess. That makes what we're about to do almost seem like kind of like spinning into the wind. <laughs> Let's run it. I've been excited. Do you want to introduce our? Yeah. So first and foremost, also, um, I will let you know, Vicente. Shout out to Vicente. Shout out to Vicente, our number one fan, our third <laughs> co-host of Wrestling <laughs> Romance. Pretty much. Um, he had listened to our World Cup, and he loved it. Um, and he gave his inter- he gave actually an, he did his own 16 as well <laughs> so I'll read that off later but you know we was having a conversation and then he talked about well, well how would y'all run a wrestling promotion like what would your guys wrestling promotion idea be and I was like ooh that, that's, a, that's a good one about if we can both run our own promotion how would we do it and in the promotion it would be Okay, we get to only use free agents, like actual free agents in the market as of right now. 
I will ask you real quick to clear this up because this may change one or two of my picks. Are we using people that as of today, there's no more dates on their contract for like certain companies? To. to like, so say they have no more dates with their company January 1st, they're a free agent. Does it count or no? No, they got to be a free agent right now. Say less. All right, that changes one or two. Okay, so this is how we want to keep it simple. We both had to pick eight men, eight women uh, for our organization, right? We have to name our promotion. And then a tag team counts as one pick. And we also have to pick who's the male face of our promotion and the woman face of our promotion. And this was actually pretty fun. I actually had a lot of fun with this. I had a lot of fun thinking about it. Yeah. I, I had the most fun, and we maybe we'll do this. I think we, next week we should do booking like the first like pay per view cycle. Woo! <laughs> I like that. Booking the first pay per view cycle. Okay. All right. I like that. So, who do I'll let you go first. You know what? I'm going first a couple of times. Okay. So, I'm going first. Yes. Now, this wait, is a layup. You're going to instantly regret it. Question. Wait, yeah. We never established. Can we not pick people from the other? Like, are we, we, we pick it from the same batch so we can't pick? Yeah, you can't pick the person. The other one's All right. You know, but it's fair because last time I went first for the 16 person World Cup. And I also went first when we did the eight because I didn't have nothing pick. It'd be kind of foul for me to go again. All right. You're going to regret this. Uh, Mercedes Monet. Technically not a free agent. She still has an agreement with New Japan. No, she's a free agent. She's 100% a free agent. Is she a free agent? She's 100% a free agent. What I've seen, she's not. But okay, go ahead. I mean, that's fine. She wasn't on my list. Yeah, there's my first pick. Um, She's also going to be the face that runs the place. I mean, that's perfect. Uh, I, I can't even knock that. Um... Damn, that was a good one. I I couldn't tell if she was or wasn't because it was like there was a working plan for New Japan from what I last heard. So but I, I think like, there's a difference between a contract and like a working deal. Mm-hmm. Like she's it's kind of like more of like a working deal of like, yeah, I'll work like a date here and there with you. Okay. I rather than that. like an exclusionary thing. All right. So that's one woman off your board. Yep. Okay. Um, For mine, actually, this is going to be... A, very interesting because I'm taking a tag team, Grizzled Young Vets. Yeah, that's a good one. Um, that's gonna be my tag team. So that's tag teams count as one, right? Yep. All right, I'm gonna go Darius Carter next. Ooh, smart man. He was on my. <laughs> he was on my list. All right. He's like, so he's not gonna be my face of the organization. Mm-hmm. I think I'm gonna need to build him a bit. Okay, but like he—he's the one I'm tying my future to. Okay, I respect that. Um, for my first woman pick, Trisha Dora. She was on my list. She's probably one of the more underrated wrestlers out there. Um, and when I see her wrestle with her belt, she feels like she she can project the aura of a champion. Yes, which is so crucial. She's fucking amazing. I I've seen her live. Um at like an indie out here. It was called Black Girl Magic. She was amazing. 
I was like, holy shit. Like, I've always seen her on TV, and I was like, oh, she's really good. Well, I've seen her in person. I was like, holy shit, she's really good. Okay. Um, I'm going to go Sammy Callahan. You know what's funny? He was not on my list. Because not even it's not even his wrestling that impresses mm-hmm. me so much, although it's definitely up my alley. His mind? It, yes. Like, I know I'm never going to be short creative ideas with yeah. him around. Yeah. Like, like I'm always going to have at least one interesting storyline going on. That, that makes sense. I actually like that. So that's your two? Yeah, so that's my second... Male, that was my third pick total. Okay. So my okay, so I have where's the young good My next male pick, Mustafa Ali. Yeah, he was on my list. He she kind of the only thing that Mustafa Ali worries me for, um, and I'm a big fan of his wrestling. Mm-hmm. He can just be a bit boring. <laughs> See, here's my thing. I've seen the character promotion. Like, I've been, I've always been a fan of his, even from 205 Live. That's where I first got into him. Even the, was he in the, was he in the Cruiserweight Classic? I don't think so. But when he first seen him on, you know, he wasn't, he wasn't in the cabinet. He was? He was not. Okay. Yeah, that's what I figured. But when I seen him on 205 Live, I was interested in him. <sighs> When they started to shoot the vignettes from him, like at Chicago, talking about his life as a police officer and everything, I was very, that's why I was like, okay, I'm buying into this character of him. When he started to put the vignettes online, I was like, oh, we can have something here. They just need to let him do it. And I'm like, nah, come here, baby. We 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 put the machine behind you, baby. We're <laughs> crazy. We're crazy with it. We're crazy with it. I'm him, and um, he's not going to be the face, though. I have somebody else for the face. Yeah, see, this is where it gets interesting because, like, again, we got to start blocking each other. So I'm yeah. like thinking about who you would pick and like who you wouldn't pick. Okay. Um, and with that being said, I'm going to draft my face now. Okay. And I think it's somebody who you would that you have on your list. But I'm making Leo Rush my face. <sighs> Of the organization, you fucking whore. He wasn't going to be my face, but he was on my fucking list. You know, we forget how young he is. Super young. He's is a baby. He, is he your age? I think he's a couple years older than me now. Let me see. Here, let's let's find this out. I, I'm gonna say I think Leo Rush is yeah, twenty nine. Yeah, he's twenty nine. Okay. Shit, he's not even 30 yet. Jesus right. Christ. He Ugh. he has talents outside of pro wrestling. He's so exciting to watch. Yeah. Great on the mic. Um, yeah, definitely being my face of the organization. The only thing only- I have a worry about, Leo, he's had some serious shoulder surgeries and injuries. And I'm just a little nervous about that in history. But I truly believe he's fucking amazing outside of that. I think he's talented enough to make it work and work around his injuries yeah, if he's willing totally. to. And also, I don't have to worry about him being angry all the time because he's the face of the organization. Very true. So, like, now I have it as, like, Leo Rush 1, Darius Carter 2, Sammy Callahan 3, um, okay. and Mercedes Monet 1. Yes? Did you draft the other woman yet? 
No, but I'm okay. just doing like a depth chart. Okay, so this question. Shoot. I'm there because I know their their pronouns are they them. But I'm gonna draft them under the woman's side. I know their pronouns are they them, so I don't want to disrespect them. Max the Impaler. Fuck, she was on my list. She was gonna have to be like one of my next picks, actually. I love them. Yeah, but they were they wrestle in the women's division. Yeah, so I, know. I just wanted to make yeah. sure I clarify that before I say it. Max yeah. the Impaler. No, but I've I've been a big fan of them for a long time. Oh, Trisha Dora is the face of my women's division. Okay. But Max the Impaler is in that division. I'm going with my next pick. I'm going. I need somebody with uh, name recognition, cross sport um, talent, multi sport talent. Ronda Rousey. I'm going to be second on my woman's step chart. Going to look controversial. Okay. Okay. Controversy equals cash, baby. <laughs> hey, just I just want you to know when Effie starts talking about you. On Twitter, uh, on uh, TikTok and shit, I like you brought him up. He never starts talking about you signing someone who ignores Sandy Hook and all this other stuff. That's on you. She did. You know what? Whatever. Go <laughs> Just on. Just leave it. Just leave it. Just leave it. Just leave it. <laughs> now you're right. When you're right, um, you're right. <laughs> she was not on my list, but that is perfect. That, that's a great aspect. I'm not gonna lie. Um, now face of my man of my male's division i'm so excited darius lockhart okay i'm pulling darius lockhart i feel darius lockhart has everything he just not has not gotten the proper shot that he needs i have him as the number one in my men's men's division i have mustafa ali as my number two I like it. I'm with it. Yeah. I see the vision. Um, but speaking of the devil, Effie is going to be my next pick. Oh, you bitch. Oh, your locker room is confused. So toxic. It's so toxic. He wasn't on my list. He was like a backup for me. It's kind of like the same pick as Sammy Callahan. Is mm-hmm. I know he's always going to have ideas. He's always going to have something that's going to at least be trying to get him over and get him to the next level. Um, hmm. And he's going to galvanize the internet fan base. But he is lower on my like depth chart. Like I think he's probably going to end up like six. You know he ain't going. You know he's going to talk out. You know he's going to speak out on it. You know. I'm as an anarchist. I'm all about um, okay. empowering the individual. So let him talk his shit. That's fine. He's totally entitled. Completely okay. entitled to his opinions. Okay. Uh, with this draft pick. Not only is she a talent in the ring, but she will also be my lead commentator. Veda Scott. I've never seen her wrestle. She actually wrestles with Mike Bailey. Like, they actually do, like, couples tag team shit. So she actually is a talent in the ring. Oh, that's cool. I I love, I I think they should have hired, uh, AEW should have hired Veda Scott when she was doing her commentary. I... I have a feeling Shivani's not going to be there longer. No, I think they're keeping Shivani around for sure. Not like they want to let him go. I feel like maybe Shivani is like... Eh, it's kind of over it. 
not like in a bad way, like he's over it. But I mean, when you think about it, I think I don't see. I mean, Jim Ross is definitely probably not making it past this year. Uh, next year, more than likely. I'd be surprised if Jim Ross finishes out 2024 or even like makes it halfway. Not because he's bad. I just think he wants to retire and relax. Yeah. I think he's getting to the point, especially with his sickness. He's getting he's in and out of being sick. It's just be best for Jim to not travel. Yep. Um, I'm there. I think Shivani, I've noticed that there's more times he's not doing commentary. Like there's way more times he's just like he might be more of a personality for like certain stuff but he won't really be on commentary as much. So I've noticed that. And I wouldn't, I would think if you're going to do that, I think maybe Nigel goes to dynamite with Nigel Taz and in, in Excalibur. And I can see them bring in Vader. I would like Vader and call me crazy. Vader and Ian for like collision to me, it would be so great. No, I was, I would put uh, literally Vader anywhere for me. Yeah. Vader, anyway. Um, he was actually on commentary for House of Glory when I was there. I didn't even realize it. Yeah, no, she's she's amazing. Um, yeah. I guess maybe, too, if we start, if we do, like, book the first few weeks, we can also have commentary. Yeah. Like, who's your commentary? But we'll, we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. In yeah. the meantime, uh, the Iconics are my next, next draft pick. Fucking you yes. See, I thought they would be off your radar. No, they were there for my woman tag team because that's one pick and I get two for one. <laughs> yeah. And they're so I you know, in the ring, not great, but like the best promo in yeah. in the game. Characters out the ass. So yeah. <laughs> you get like really good characters. Constantly going viral. Um they're so fucking funny. Yeah. Yeah, no, they're great. I love when they were popular. You honestly can't even knock it. Um, for my next woman, Mickey James. A little long in the tooth for me. I, we've and seen the right. best of her. I mean, and I guess I have a couple like past the prime people, but yeah, no, she's definitely a good hand to have. Mm-hmm. Um, and is going to contribute to the locker room. I think she's a really uh, good lock, locker locker room leader for the women's. Mm-hmm. You know, going to hold down the ship. So to be my, you know, you kind of get like four stars to revolve around. Right. I'm going to go for my fourth one. I got, I got um, Darius Carter. I got Sammy Callahan. Mm-hmm. And actually, no, he's going to be my face of the man, men's division. James Storm. Oh, no, no. Um, he's because Leah Rush is my face. But James Storm is my next draft pick. Really? James Storm? Yeah, I, he's got he's got a great look. He can wrestle anybody. Never got his credit. Um, reliable, just someone who kind of can stick in there as being one of my bigger stars, and it'll work. You don't feel he's a little long. I mean, you just said Mickey's a little long in tooth. Like well, I took it back because I said like like because I definitely have some that are long in the tooth, but I think she he's going to play the same role as um, Mickey will play in your woman's division. Mm. I got you on that. Okay. I, I, I could see that. Um, hmm. Okay. I'm looking at my men's here. I have a couple of my alternates. I'm like, I really want those alternates that bad. I don't really know. Um, 
because you made me think, but you said you need four stars. And I'm like, yeah, you got a point there. I ain't gonna hold you. Um, this person, I kind of want him to be my Spike Dudley. I want you to be my Spike Dudley for my promotion. What a pitch. But also that ultimate underdog that people end up really loving. Yeah. Because they had that for them in NXT. Leon Ruff. Yeah. I saw him. I passed over. Um, I just don't think that there's... I don't think there's much he can contribute. I don't see him getting over like Spike did. Um, yeah, I'm just kind of mid on him. Well, no, that's fine. But I'll, I'll, I'll continue with your idea. I'll, I'll match you for who's going to be our jobber. Yeah. And I'm just going to keep... I want... See... As a punk rock fan, I want a punk rock promotion, and there's nothing mm-hmm. more punk rock than designing and creating something and putting into the world that you know is just going to destroy itself. Um, Enzo Amore is going to be you, a- you, you want the world to blow up. You just want <laughs> the world to burn. Okay. <laughs> he's going to be eighth on my death chart, and he's going to go out there every week. He's going to cut a fantastic promo, and he's just going to get the snot beating out of him. Jesus Christ. It's the role he was always designed to be in. Um, you know, I can throw him with in, a, in as a manager here and there, as a tag team, whatever. Mm-hmm. But he was always designed to do, to be in that role, to just to talk a lot of smack and just get the snot beating out of him. And that's always going to be valuable for a promotion of someone who can go out there and draw instant heat and then get wrecked. Alright. This is going to be my fourth... This is going to be... No, this is going to be my third star of my promotion. Brian Keith. I'm I'm unfamiliar with this game. Brian Keith is like one of the... He has a match on Rampage, but it's him and... Hangman Page. Oh, yes, 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 yes. I know. Brian Keith. Yeah, he's going to Japan soon, too. Mm-hmm. I am, like that. I am saying Brian Keith. I mean, I'm a sucker for any, like, Western gimmick thing. Mm-hmm. So, I no, that's a good pick. I, I He should have been on my list, but he wasn't. Mm-hmm. I want to yeah. keep filling out my women's division here. Uh, I'm drafting an underrated star. I'm very interested. Somebody who has kind of like disappeared from the scene a bit too. Okay. But uh, Session Moth Martinez. I'm not familiar with her. She she was definitely much more popular pre-pandemic. Um, I've heard of. I've she wrestled in Ring of Honor. She okay. has an incredible character that's well defined and filled out. Kind of as like a slutty alcoholic. Kind of what like ODB used to be for Impact. I was just about to say, like, ODB. I was about to say, like, ODB. Um, But you can also wrestle her ass off. And Mm. I think it would be a lot of fun for fans to grab onto. And she's, you know, she's not going to be a star, but she's someone you can slot into the mid card. Right. And win some matches for you. Mm. So she's probably, she's going to sit at, like, five on my woman's depth chart. Um, for my women's depth chart, uh, the next signing, Allison K. Fuck yeah, I can't believe I didn't draft her earlier. 
<laughs> I should have drafted her before session moth. That was dumb. Fucking okay. amateur hour out here. Hey, as you said, we are we here. We we booking. We booking. <laughs> book um, all right, so let, let me move to block you because I have a feeling they're also on your list. But Alex Hammerstone is gonna be not on my what? list. Really? Yeah. That's shocking. Because I, I thought about it. Yeah, give me your reasoning. Um, I know he had just did the MLW thing, so I wasn't sure. If, is he free now, or did they release He's on him? The list I wasn't free agents. He is. Yeah. Mm, I just didn't go with it. Like I like Alex Hammerson. Um, I, I just, I just didn't go with it. He's yeah. So he's in my five slot, and like he's like after a year or so, if my promotion doesn't destroy itself, which it probably will, but that's neither here nor there. Um, <laughs> he'll be he'll slide into James Storm's like slot of my like big four stars and Sammy Callahan too like also kind of getting up there so we're going to need people who after a year or so can take over their spots and carry the promotion into its um, short future hey I don't knock that at all I think what you got there is pretty good. I mean, he's a really great pick. I just didn't think of him. Um, I was just like, I'm not sure what's the whole situation around it. Um, so I just didn't go with him. I was just like, eh, eh, I'll, I'll think about it. Because I know someone who was just at the MLW taping. So I was just like, um, I don't know. Well, I'm trying not to draft just like straight up the best wrestlers. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to draft a promotion. And they can't all be stars, you know. They can't all no. be winners. Everybody needs like a correct role. I I definitely understand that. So that's why I was just like, that's a good pick. That, it was a good pick. I'm not even gonna lie. It was a really good pick. I didn't think about Hammerstone. Um, damn, that was a good pick. I'm going to go with because I'm like, I don't know if you want to pick this person. I'm like, should I pick? From a women's division, Marty Bell. Unfamiliar with their game. Allison Cage, tag team partner. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I I got both of them, so like they can have tag, they can be singles. Right now, I'm going to put them to both have their own run. Can we draft coaches who are assigned? Like they're signed as a coach, but not as a wrestler. You know what? Yeah, let's do like you're allowing that. One, well, it wasn't in the rules, but we coming up with this on the fly. Uh, one man, one woman, coach. What would you want to do? One woman. No, no, but I want them as a wrestler. Oh, if they wrestle, yeah. So, like, I'm taking them out of coaching and making them a wrestler. Yeah, go ahead. Okay, um, then I'm going. Once they've been active, once have they been active in a year? In the last year? No, I guess not. <laughs> no, you know what? Let's let's throw it out. Okay, uh, okay. Because I was gonna draft, I was gonna draft Danny Birch and Oni Lorkin as a tag team. Oh, but Oni Lorkin is signed to WWE as a coach. I, I, it feels a little bit like cheating, because like they're not they're like he he is very solidly under contract. Yeah, yeah. If he yeah. wasn't, then you're good. But yeah, he's under contract. So with that out the way, I think I want to keep 
keep I want to keep being toxic and I want to keep drafting women and Ivelisse. The look, the look on your face. <laughs> the, the de- it was almost fear in the depths of your eyes. It, it, it's fear. It is fear. You want to put Effie, Ivelisse, Ronda Rousey all in the same motherfucking You forgot Enzo Amore. Oh, God. Some men just want to watch the world burn. I don't even know if you're burn. making it to your first pay-per-view fucking But I have, I, I have an ace in the hole. And we'll get to that hit. Jesus Christ. Um, Ivelisse, who's an incredible wrestler and is my wrestling crush. Like, I like Ivelisse. I just wish. I was just... so mean. Not even so mean. It's just like, you burn so many bridges. So Why do you have to do this to yourself? Yes. Like, you can be perfectly great. Why are you burning so many bridges? Bridges, because like... she's cool. Uh, um, so then that leads me for my next male pick, Alex Zane. Solid, yeah, I think good worker, not sexy, good, solid pick. Yeah, it's like one of those picks where it's just like for the depths of like getting some matches, getting everything in. It's just like, yeah, all my picks are explosive. They're from. Uh, That's a hell of a way to put it. That's a hell of a way. Maybe I should have phrased that better. But like, even at the bottom of my card, at the bottom of my depth chart, you have people you like are going to be at the very least interesting. Right. But this one actually, yeah, you know, she's going to be a pretty low key pick, relatively, but still is going to make an impact, and you're going to want to tune in to fucking watch her. Um. Mandy Rose gonna be one of my four stars, and that Evilise Mandy Rose uh, program is gonna be amazing. So Mandy Rose don't put her in a hold the right way, and then she just knows so that um. it's gonna be so. It's they're gonna hate each other. It's gonna be great. <laughs> um, for my next pick, women's wise. Pretty good worker. She's gonna be. She's gonna leave me basically one more pick to make after this. But uh, Emma. Yeah. See, I just find that a bit boring. See, listen here, Burning Man. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Your your locker room has way too much going on. (laughs) I gotta look at your locker room. There's a lot. Okay. Um, okay. But now I'm going to play my ace in the hole um, because it's going to fill out my division. It's going to fill out my men's division. He's going to be seventh on the depth chart only because he's long in the tooth. He's going to do commentary, but he's also going to be the sheriff, the unquestioned sheriff, not like a CM Punk, like self-anointed. It's... And, and then, like, has to go around proclaiming him as such. It's going to be unquestioned when he walks into the locker room. I'm Josh Barnett. Seventh pick. And, we, and we're going to have blood sport night. Jeez. We're going to have blood sport night, like, four times a year. It's going to be my favorite night. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking love blood sport. And this nobody man. is, like, fucking around inside the locker room with Josh Barnett there. 
Okay, you just decided to burn your shit down to the ground. Okay. That's not burning it down. Josh Burnett's going to be my special enforcer. Oh, yeah, that works. How many people did Enzo listen to? What was that? How many people did Enzo listen to? Have Do you, you think Effie gives a fuck? Have you seen Josh Barnett? Do you think Effie gives a fuck? Yeah. I don't think everybody gives a fuck about getting beaten up. No. Everybody. <laughs> and Josh Barnett at any point could kill any single person in that locker room with his bare hands. You're talking about the youngest, before John Jones, the youngest UFC champion ever. The baby-faced assassin. Somebody who has wrestled around the world, who at the age of 43, for giggles, went to Poland and did bare knuckle with elbows against a conk, a conk, a slab of tattooed slab of concrete and won. You're bugging out, sir. He's one of the baddest men to ever, ever, ever live. Everybody cares about getting beaten up. Everybody can get beaten up by Josh Barnett. So you're out of your fucking mind. No, this is this. It's it's solved my locker room problem. Okay. Mm. This next pick, I am. I love her in the ring. I'm very. If. Like, you know, mental health bearing, you know, everything is positive in this promotion that we're hoping. We're hoping for the positives, nothing but the best. I hope they're great, but my last pick would be Kylie Ray. Are we at our last picks already? Well, I am for women. Oh, for women, I see. Okay, okay. She'd be my last pick for women. That's a great pick. Now, let me check something with Veda Scott. Let me see if she is active. Because if Veda Scott isn't active, then I do need to make another pick. And I do have my other pick if she isn't. Should I just put Veda Scott as commentary? You know what? Veda Scott, I'll just leave for commentary. Okay, so I, make make your bonus pick now. Makita. Yeah. <laughs> Makita. <laughs> All right, I got it. So I have two more women to draft. Um, I left a bunch of men on the board who I want um, because I decided to go. I think I have one male left. So I decided to go chaotic. Um, I'm going to share who I'm thinking of at the end. I have two male spots left. Yeah, and I got two women spots left. Um. Yeah, this is this is hard now. I gotta I gotta go searching to fill out my board. Okay, uh, Diona Peraza. See, this is why I ask. No, no, time out. This is why I ask. Are we counting? Because her contract is not technically up till January first. Okay, that's because like I saw like she was done with her contract December ninth. Three days she's ago. She's officially a free agent January. Because she was going to be my first pick. That's why I asked early. She was going to be my first pick for the women. Fine, 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 fine. Then I guess uh, I'm drafting Alley Cat and keeping um, the Bussy Boston together. tag team. Yeah, Bussy tag team with Effie going. Nice. And, you know, I've seen her wrestle. She's solid. She's fun. Like She's definitely fun to watch. Yes. So, uh, yeah, so she'll be slotted in at seven. 
Nice. Hmm. This is you've taken some of my men. There's so many good men left on the board. There is. And there. like that's why I didn't want to say them, like the people who, who remained on my board. Mm-hmm. Mm. God damn it. I'm looking at a list of them. Like, There's one big name. There's a couple death ma- or uh, specialty guys. Mm-hmm. There's one big indie name. There's one dude who I think is the best wrestler of the bunch, but is not the most notable. And then mm-hmm. there's a a really fun guy who a former WWE guy who's like in the breeze right now. There's a few I see where I'm just like, yes. But I'm just like, am I really spending money on you? <laughs> I'm not really like, you know, like I'm thinking there's a promoter, like, am I really about to spend money on you? Um not gonna lie, I wish Myron Reed didn't sign with Impact because he would have been my other person. Yeah. Not me too. Um all right, so all right. For my seventh man, Mance Warner. Yeah. He's definitely one of those bigger names that's still floating out there. Mm-hmm. I feel like Nance. I just feel like he's all around just good for that spot. Like, yeah, and it definitely and like has potential to yeah. for greatness. For sure. And that leaves me. Is Yuka a free agent? Because she just finished up in Japan. I don't know. I say we counter then. Go for it. Fine. Then Yuka, who's actually one of my favorite wrestlers out there, mm-hmm. and she's going to leap a bunch of people on the depth chart, so that puts Ali Cat at eight, and we'll put uh, Yuka at five, at least to begin, probably going to take over for Ableese, Mandy Rose, Ronda Rousey, Mercedes Martin, Monet, all kind of, you know, not long in the tooth, but past their prime, I guess we can say. A, a tad. I, I don't know. Dude, a tad. You know, the thing is, with primes, we can never really tell. Nowadays. How about this? Has at least had their time in the sun for a bit now. Bam. Okay. Been okay. in the sun for a bit. I'm totally fair with that. Yeah. Um. There. That's not bad. So, I, I I definitely would say that's cool, and that finishes up. So that's all your people. That's all my people. I got all eight. Mm. That's good. All right. So, I am looking for my last person. I see some, and I'm just like, no. This person is someone who I feel is just a. a I mean. Don't get me wrong. They've had their time in the sun, but, you know, they are a legend in this sport. Uh, I'm offering Amazing Red a contract. Sorry, say that again? Amazing Red. Oh, sorry. I just didn't hear you the first time. I feel like we've just gotten it. If it was my pick, and I still had men to draft, we've gotten everything we're going to get from Amazing Red. And uh, there's other guys out there. Ah, I feel like I just want amazing red on my. T- I just okay, want it. that's totally fair. As a New Yorker, yeah, 
I mean, there were some people who I considered, but I was just like, that's the devil on my shoulder. Like, there was an Austin Aries there, and I was just like, I'm not. No, see, even I wouldn't have drafted Austin Aries. No. No, the people I was thinking of were Nick Gage. um, Oh, you know, that's you. (laughs) War Horse, I think, is a big one that's left off of our um, list uh, out of our promotion. Mm -hmm. Uh, Rick Boogs, I think, is a big one left out of our promotion. Not so, though. No, see, he's just so charismatic and so ridiculously strong. That like he doesn't have to do anything except do like crazy strongman shit. True, but I kind of just hated his character. I liked his character. It was just like Shinsuke. No, <laughs> just like all right, brother. Like he kind of been like he would have been my bizarre world Enzo Amore, where it's like instead of like a skinny dude who comes out and like talks a lot of shit, it's a super strong good dude who comes out and talks a lot of shit. You know what it is? Not even I'm not sold on him like that. I liked him just by himself without Shinsuke in NXT when they first just had him just coming out air guitaring and shit like that. Like, I thought that was just cool. And then when they stuck him with, like, the rock and roll play for Shinsuke thing, I was like, eh, I'm not really sure. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Um, I had Dolph Ziggler is definitely the biggest name that we didn't go. I, I, I'm not. I, I thought about it. I thought about it. He can definitely still go, and he always has the potential to steal the show. Oh, for sure. For sure. But... Um, I also had Masashi Takata on my list, who's famous Japanese deathmatch guy. Um, But I also showed in Bloodsport that he can wrestle any style. He would have been... Yeah, but also kind of... He would have been after I drafted Sigler, Gage... Right, Von Eric Brothers. If I was gonna have like a bonus tag team pick, I would have drafted them. Um, Daga, I think, is the best wrestler we left right. off. So I don't know much about him. He's a really, really, really good wrestler, but kind of unremarkable. That makes sense. And then uh, Matt Cardona too. I thought you was gonna. I'm not gonna lie. I thought you was gonna pick Cardona. I just didn't have a space for him. Hmm. Like I said, he. To, I think to make him work, right, within his current gimmick, is like he would have to be a top four guy. Yeah. And not even that. I don't think he's able to pull it off. I just have other guys for that slot. I can see that. Which I mean, which at that point, I'll my depth chart for the men. Is Leo Rush is my star. And we got Darius Carter, Sammy Callahan, James Storm, Hammerstone, which I'm cutting off uh, Alex from his name. It's just mm. Hammerstone. Right. It's fifth, sixth is Effie. Then we got Josh Barnett and Enzo Amore. Right. And for women, it goes Mercedes Monet, Ronda Rousey, Mandy Rose, Ivelisse, Yuka, Session Moth, The Iconics, and Alley Cat. And listen, I'm so fucking stoked on this promotion. I would watch the shit out of this for the three weeks it remains together. (laughs) (laughs) It's going to be a very interesting three weeks. Not going to lie to you here. It's, you know, listen, I went punk rock. Punk rock is designed to fail. You definitely went balls to the walls. That's how I like to live my life. This is true. For some reason, I feel 
Do I have a, a woman missing? Run down your list. I have Trisha Dora, Kylie Ray, Maki Ito, Max Impaler, Allison Kay, Marty Bell, Mickey James. Did I not say another woman? I guess not. Oh, shit. How many men do you have? I have eight. I have Mustafa Ali, Darius Lockhart, Alex Zane. I have Grizzly Young Vets, Brian Keith, Mance Warner, Leon Ruff, Amazing Red. I have a woman missing. All right. Give me a woman. Oh, fuck. Jesus Christ. Um, God. Is that your depth chart, too? Is that, like, your order? Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, I'm a, actually, I didn't do it in order. I'll do the order in a second. Um, son of a bitch, I was not prepared for this. Uh, so now I have to pick somebody else. I don't. Ooh, give me a moment. I have to now figure this out. So, you gotta go back to the list. Yeah, I gotta go back to a list real quick. Luckily, I had a list here, and you're a picky, Valicia, son of a bitch. Um, uh, damn. No, don't want to touch you because that is toxic and I don't want you nowhere near my organization. And I it? think you know who I'm talking about. Is it she who do not name? Yes, exactly. But that's, that's <laughs> beyond exactly. toxic. Huh? That's beyond toxic. That is that is me instantly poisoning my entire well. And yeah. it is just there's no there's no coming back from that. Um so so wait, I have a question. I know she signed with a jack. Is she some of a Japanese brand? Is it Sari? Sari? I forget her name. Um, she was in NXT. She was Japanese. I forgot her name. I don't know how to properly pronounce it. I mean, I oh, you can't. know what? Renegade yeah. Twins. Give me the Who? Renegade Twins. Oh, yeah. Renegade. Oh, that's a good pick. That's a good pick. Yeah, just give me the Renegade Twins. Sure. Fills it out. Yep. Okay, so... Um, let me run down my depth chart. So for the men's, my depth chart is Darius Lockhart, Mustafa Ali, Brian Keith, Mance Warner, Grizzled Young Vets, Amazing Greg, Leon Ruff, and did I say Alex Zane? Yeah. No, okay. no, 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 not in your depth chart. Yeah, and Alex Zane. So Mustafa... So uh, Darius Lockhart is number one. Mustafa Ali number two. I have Brian Keefe as my number three. And then I have Mance Warner as like my number four with like Grizzly Young Vets right there. It's like the, the you know, that team that could hold up, they could push everything. They could be, they could have tag matches with everybody, but they could also do single shit and they're really good at it. Um, and then I just have Amazing Red and Leon Ruff because I love Amazing Red. <laughs> I just love Amazing Red, you know. Uh, for my women's division, I have Amazing Red. It's your vanity. Hey man, listen. Appreciate Amazing Red. Well, Amazing Red, we ain't got a lot of shit we enjoy now. <laughs> no, I'm, I understand. Yeah. So in my women's division, I feel like my women's division is pretty. Actually, as I'm looking at it, I'm loving it a little bit more. So my number one is Trisha Dora. Number two is Maxi Impaler. Number three, I'll put Kylie Ray. Yeah. Uh, number four, I'm gonna put Mickey, just to be like the solid person that could be in there, notable name. Can go. I wouldn't make her one of my stars, but sure. I mean, she like, has Mickey would be like six for me. I have. I mean, she's Allison gonna lose K. a lot more than she wins. That's fair. I have Allison K and then Marty Bell is my five and six. 
I have Maki Ito as my seven. Like, she's there, but, like, Maki is a character more than anything. And then I have Renegade Twins as my eight. Yeah. Yeah, kind of your jobber twin thing. They can do the twin magic shit. It's exactly. like a, you know, a discount Bella Twins. And then also, because I have Allison K and Marty Bell who are a tag team, they can have something there. Maybe we could create a woman's tag belt. Yeah, I'm with it. I see the vision. Mm-hmm. All right, let us know uh, who you guys think promotion or promotional draft picks are better. Love have one of your own. We'll yeah. be fir- following it up next week when we do our first uh, pay per view cycle. So, how many weeks will we be booking for a pay per view cycle? Three, four weeks. I was thinking six, but like we don't have to do like. We don't have to book a match every week for them. We can kind of do a bigger picture. Like, this is the idea that we're running with. Okay, cool, cool. Wait, what's, do you have a name for your organization? Oh, BPW, Bonkers Pro Wrestling. <laughs> I knew it. I've, I knew it was going to be something nuts. I've had that name in the bag for a while. Um, Yeah. I, I've, I thought that would be such a fun name. Bonkers Pro Wrestling. Yeah. I just have RPCU, Revolutionary Pro Club. That's a good name. <laughs> Pro Club. I mean, calling it Club is a good one. You know, it separates you. That's why so I want something different. So we're going BPW versus uh, RC, oh, Revolutionary Wrestling, RWC? RPC, Revolutionary Pro Club. Oh, okay. Excuse me. RPC. RPC versus BPW. Yeah. You know what else we can do next week? We can also like put like what's gonna be like our our pro our gimmick. Like what's our angle for our mm-hmm. promotion. I like that. I like that. Mm. All right, so I gotta come up with that. All right, cool. Say less. Tell the people where to find you. All right, folks. So you can find me and everything Life of Deem. I'm letting you know right now. My Twitter is just, just not gonna be active. Um, like it'll be stuff there. I'm, I haven't just activated, deactivated, but you'll see me in 2024 on that. You can also follow us on Romance W R O M A N C Pod on Twitter, and you can also find our Instagram at Wrestling with Romance. Same name as the podcast. Jack, where they can find you. JackSimonMakes.com and my uh, uh, film criticism column in the Aspen Times. They got a website, AspenTimes.com. I just saw last night an advanced screening of The Iron Claw. That's right. Uh, Mm -hmm. Team's doing the claw sign. And it's very good. And I'll be writing up a preview for it and interviewing somebody from the movie. um, A wrestler from the movie. So stay tuned for that. I have one question about it. You have to say yes. You can just say yes or no. Yeah. Is MJF just a quick cameo? Yes, okay. but it doesn't even count as a cameo. Oh damn! All right. He had apparently he had more mm-hmm. in it that just got cut. Okay. Like his face is shown for like half a second, blinking you miss it level. Fuck it. Right. Like Claudio in the wrestler level. What? 
You know, Claudio Casanoli was in the wrestler movie. He was? Exactly. See? There it is. <laughs> Deuces, everyone. <laughs> Bye, everybody.